Sardines is always so weird. Um. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to uh, Eurovision Song Contest 1988. This is part it's on two. the Eurovision. Yeah. Wait, fuck. I. I'm... <laughs> That's fine. We're leaving this in. It's okay. Oh, okay, we cool. are. Okay, bet. Cool. We'll keep that also, in mind when I edit this. Yeah, this is also the Eurovision Rewind podcast. For those, I guess everyone knew that because I clicked on this episode. But <laughs> anyway, I interrupted your intro. Sorry about that, Millen. <laughs> Maybe. No, no, it's okay. Um, I'm Millen. The person who just interrupted me was Jonathan. Uh, and the person <laughs> who is doing the editing is Ellis. Hey, um, and every episode we cover a Eurovision Song Contest from a different year, review the songs, review the performances, talk about it, give our opinions, have fun. So last episode we went to uh, Germany, who is, I believe, the 11th performer in the show, I think. And today we'll be starting off with Austria. Jonathan, if you want to take it away. Um, yeah, sure. Also, real quick, um, if you didn't catch the first part of this, like Milan said, we went through the first 11 songs. And there's also some cool information about our Patreon and where that money will be going and uh, what we've been listening to for the past week. So look into that if you have not already. So we have song number 12 on the night of the Eurovision 1988, which was Austria's Wilfried with the song Lisa Mona Lisa. Who wants to start on this one? So this is the first song on my list that I wrote dead last after uh, <laughs> after watching. Not the last. <sighs> this this was the point in the show where we've now had let's see if we count if we count Celine Dion as a ballad this is our fourth ballad in a row it's not good there the people have no stage presence they have awful costumes they're trying to stand casually and like oh yes i'm going to sing a ballad about life but it just does it badly and the, the, there's Phil Collins drums and awful wow 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 this is the point where despair set in and did not remove its claws. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Ellis on this one. Uh, the performer is in a another sludge blue suit, which was, you know, not a theme, but the fact that it happened twice in both this performance and Iceland's is uh, concerning, to say the least. The shoulder padding is intense. I, I noted that they look like the characters from that I love it music video. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounded like the, the backing vocalist was out of breath at points. Like, she couldn't properly sing all the way. And the dude, like Ellis said, the, the lead vocalist, was he was kind of like leaning against the piano. And he had this one single hoop earring, which was atrocious. I, as far as the performance goes, this was worse than the ones where they just stand in one place. Because it looked like he was trying too hard to be cool. <laughs> And it didn't fit the song at all, and he failed in looking, in attempting to look cool. I didn't like the singing either. The voice was bad. The drummer was the only person on that stage that was showing any enthusiasm. Yeah, at all. he was. He was giving us the full Phil Collins. 
which yeah. I, I respect that. I respect that, but I do not respect any of the rest of this song. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you guys on this one. I, I, I do like the drums. Drummer was giving me a lot. And um, I also noticed the backing singer's suit. She was wearing this like pink and black blazer, which I thought was oh fun. Oh my god. I liked it. It was um, so large. I mean, yeah, the, the shoulders were very large. Very 80s shoulder pads. Yeah. The biggest takeaway that I had from this, and once I heard it, I could not unhear it, especially towards the end when he keeps saying Lisa, it reminds me a lot of um, Tommy Wiseau's character in The Room. Oh. <laughs> and I went back to listen to it, and it was a much different experience going through the entire song with that in my mind. <laughs> that's funny. Having me apart. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's kind of all I have to say. Oh, the, um, I-, I don't know if you guys, if this was in all the recordings of it but they went to the conductor at the end yeah he looked insane he was wearing this like tartan red and white jacket with a red and white polka dot tie and a vertical striped shirt i he totally was... missed that that oh, sounds yeah. fantastic you gotta go back and look at that because he was the best the best looking of any of these of any of these people like including the performers possibly for the entire show <laughs> i would agree <laughs> all right so assuming that's all we have to say about this one scores I had I wrote down dead last when I did this. I no longer think it's dead last. I think it is second dead last. Huh. Really? I would say given that he sounded like how I sound when I sing in the shower, which is <laughs> not Eurovision quality <laughs> to say the least, I think it would not not quite dead last, maybe like fourth from last, but very low for sure. Right, so after Austria, we have number 13, which is Denmark's Hot Eyes with the song, boy, um... which means don't you see that's what I told you So I thought that uh, in this one, it was very clear that the, the backing artists or vocalists or whoever uh, were the most important people on the stage. Their dance was engaging. Their outfits were radical. Their prop guitars. This was the prop guitar one, right? Yeah. yeah the prop yeah, yeah. guitars were to die for. I loved that. Especially given that we had just had a run of four ballads and boy oh boy have we got many ballads to go this was yeah, a no, welcome I, a welcome change for sure i totally agree this was this also kind of shows how low the bar is for this year because this had choreography it was an up-tempo song and that and, and because of that it's one of the most memorable songs of the night so so yeah for i don't sure. know i just really liked it i i totally agree the fake guitars added a lot at first i was kind of i, I don't know if i really got it but um they made some magic with those the, oh, I think, I forget which song it was, but um, in the last part we talked about one of the performers looked like a cartoon character. I definitely think that that is the case with the lead singer for this performance. <laughs> Not to mention that she's like eight months pregnant. Yeah, oh, she wow. is. Impressive. I wrote down love the glove ruffles. So I guess I... I, I, I was noticing <laughs> I was noticing the acrylic, like, I call them sleeve ruffles. Uh, yeah, the, oh, those also, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, accompanied with the brooch. Oh, the brooch. yeah. Yeah. All in, all in like Robin's egg blue. Yeah. Monochrome. It was powerful. It fully. Um, there was kind of a reggae moment towards the end. That was kind of fun. 
And one of the highlights of it for me was when, at the last note, the backing, the kind of like pseudo ballet backing dancer oh. threw one of the fake guitars off the stage and then it panned to the conductor and he had like a fake guitar around his neck. That was a good moment. I Wait, hold, sure. hold on. A reggae yeah. moment? When did this happen? Just towards the end, I think. Let me hold on. I remember it being kind of like almost like a swing song. Kind of. It was like that, band. but then towards the end, there was like the like. I don't know. Maybe it was oh. maybe reggae is the wrong word, but it was kind of like it gave me that vibe. I feel like like dancehall vibes. That sounds weird. I don't remember that either. Wait, I, I hold on. Let me. <laughs> We're gonna review the tape real quick. <laughs> yeah, let's um. I have it on Spotify. Let me. You know, musically, I thought this one was very. Um, the thing about the twenty-year nostalgia cycle. This is very much part of that '80s doo-wop revival that Greece was a thing in. It's not. It's not like smack dab in the middle of that, but it's definitely. It's definitely taking cues from that musically. Maybe I'm just crazy. Oh, it's this. Yeah, that was not reggae. That was wrong. <laughs> but I think that was the part that I was talking about. Okay. Okay. The one that I just played. Okay. Speaking of that part. That had nothing to this. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Speaking of that part, the performer Hot Eyes is a duo from Denmark. And... The male vocalist from this duo doesn't appear until the last like thirty seconds of the song or something, and he like climbs out from behind the from behind the backing vocalists from the dark, and it was very I, I would say upsetting almost like almost an element of horror. Like he walks out of nowhere from the dark. He adds a much deeper tone to the song that was not there before, and I personally don't think was entirely necessary. Like I, th- I thought the the female vocalist was doing quite well on her own, and it felt like he was in there, and it was kind of slapdash at the end in a weird, weird way. Yeah, I think part of that might have just been because they had gone to Eurovision before, so maybe they kind of just wanted to throw him in because you know people had seen him before. But no, I totally agree. That was really strange and didn't go with the rest of the song. The hosts mentioned that this was their third try. Which just oh, wow. yeah, that sounds right. Like I can, I I feel like you should barely be sending people twice. You better have a good well, excuse for that. Yeah, unless you're San Marino. Yeah, who have sent the same person four times now. <laughs> I mean, they barely have the population. I feel like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's warranted. <laughs> um, so is that all we have to say about this one? Should we move on to scores? Yeah, pretty much. Alice, you want to start? Okay, yeah. So the thing, this one was like, it's different and it's a welcome difference. I can't tell if it's good. At least they know how to put on a show, which is something that is severely lacking for most of the entrance this year. So I do think it's going to be in the upper bit, not quite top echelon, but upper bit. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think the variety and the performance were strong enough. Uh, variety compared to the other songs were strong enough to make this one stand out. As far as the judge voting goes, I think it would kind of be in the bottom half of the top half because it wasn't like a it wasn't an exceptional song by any means, but it was very fun, very worth listening to, especially again compared to the other ones. We can all agree on that. 
All right. Coming in at number 14, we have Greece's Aphrodite Frida with the song Clown. Now, um, I know Ellis has already made some, some references to this one, so I feel like you should start. Yeah, go for it. So this one, when it started, I was like, oh, nice. It, this doesn't suck. We finally have like a fun disco-y kind of dance song. I mean, disco-y, even though it's 1988, which is certainly a choice. Like, we, we finally have a song that's not a ballad. And then the chorus kicks in, and it's her going, clown, clown, ha, 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 ha. And so that's the first indication that something is up here. Uh, the the lead singer is much better than the backup singers. But then at some point, like about halfway through the song, a not not yet scantily clad, but like trending in that direction, clown like, comes in. Sorry, too, yeah. I was just going to say, too sexy for their own good and mime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> comes comes handspringing in does some weird clown things kind of looks like beetlejuice and then just starts tap dancing so there's a full tap solo and then the singer just the rest of it is just clown clown hemoglobin <laughs> it's, uh, it's does it actually say hemoglobin no it's something in greek i it presume, sure sounds like it though but it sounds like hemoglobin <laughs> so this one yeah. got the uh it nailed the acid trip insanity, but not necessarily in a good way. Taking from my notes, what I wrote was, the only two things I like about this song are the tap dancing clown and Aphrodite's big earrings. Everything else, not great. Like, the choreography is really stiff, I noticed, especially with the backing vocalists and that one male backing vocalist with the purple suit and the turtleneck. It was a lot. Um, <laughs> and also, um, her outfit was fine, but it didn't really match the song because, because I don't know, it was a big, bright pink dress. And I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be like a cutesy tempo kind of bubbly song. But it wasn't. And I don't even know how to describe what it was because it wasn't sad. It wasn't happy. It wasn't upbeat. It wasn't slow either. It was just like some weird place in the middle. And um, yeah, no, I didn't like the ha 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 ha. That was really annoying. And yeah, that's all I have to say. I actually disagree with the both of you. I think the clown on stage was the worst part for sure. That was the best part. Stop. <laughs> I think it I was think, both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was both. She, she <laughs> stole fair. the she stole the show in the same way as the tambourine player from Finland. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but but like she didn't she wasn't tapping on beat. She really was distracting from the song itself in a way that you know the song I don't think needed distracting from. Like it, it could have stood on its own. Sure, the yeah. chorus was weird, the lyrics were weird, but I actually sonically think it, it registered quite well. The guitar was used pretty well, especially compared to all of the other songs this year. I, I think the outfits were spot on for the 80s nostalgia. She kind of has this, uh, like an asymmetric, oh frick, it's not a collar. I forget what it's called. The part of the dress. Neckline? Yeah, neckline. Thanks, that's it. I didn't like the ha-ha-has during the chorus, I will admit. But even even her singing clown in that way it wasn't just clown 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 she added something more to it which i thought was weirdly good like i'm surprised that she was able to make the chorus of clown 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 ha 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 somewhat <laughs> worth listening to and i think that has like major props for me so i think 
I think it was good. I do not think it was great. I think we can all get behind that. I'd go but... a little bit further than that, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aphrodite Frida also wins the prize for best 80s perm of the night. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Her and the female host of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I'm the outlier in this one. I think so. All right. Is it time for scores? Yeah. I would I would put this... I oh, I don't want to say this because you'll hate me. Oh. But like middle of the top half. Like maybe number seven. Oh, man. Oh. That's generous. I know, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I... I didn't hate this one, but I just cannot see it doing well. Like, I I can't see the stuffy old dudes in suits sitting in this audience going, oh, yes, a clown. How amusing. I would give it 10 points. I just, (laughs) I cannot see that happening. Okay, I think that concludes our thoughts on clown. So that means that we're moving on to song number 15, which was Norway's Carolina Kruger with the song Forvar Jord, which means For Our Earth. When I first listened to this song, I really liked it. But and I've since since um, listening to all these songs for the first time, I've gone back like once or twice maybe. And every time after I watch it, I'm like, oh, that was really nice. I liked it a lot. Um, but the only thing that I can remember about it is a cello like solo at the beginning and the end. And I have a really hard time remembering anything else from this song. So maybe if I had more time with this one, I would like it more. But I just struggle with this one because I think it's hard to remember for me, especially especially so if you were like watching Eurovision on that night, you only had the one chance to listen to it. So I, th- I just think this is one is really forgettable for me. I like the candelabra. Um, <laughs> that's the I only like... part of the, that's the only part of it that I could remember. And another thing that I can remember um, is that the backing vocalists walk up to the piano at one point, And for some reason, the lighting makes them look like, you know, in um, Return of the Jedi, when like in the remastered <laughs> version, when they CGI in um, like the ghosts of Yoda and yeah. Ben Kenobi and Hayden Christensen, Anakin, that's well, they, what they look uh, like for some reason. <laughs> Yoda and Obi Wan and non Hayden Christensen, Anakin were in the original release, but they made them the original one. No, I said the remastered. Yeah, <laughs> this one kind of looked like weird CGI holographic lighting on them for some reason. It was like this weird blue purple thing. It looked like they were kind of just like ghosts. That's funny talking to. The girl at the piano. So yeah, I that's what I thought. I didn't. I didn't see that before. <laughs> I'm glad I've opened your eyes. <laughs> so, Millen, you said that this was also kind of forgettable for you. I, I I thought it was a sweet ballad, but it fell flat compared to the other competition, especially the other ballads. Like like Jonathan was saying earlier, there was nothing wrong with this performance. It was just not as good as some of the other ballads and given that there were so so many of those you have to really crush it as a ballad in order to be memorable and worthwhile in the show yeah Alice, what did you think i actually liked this one more than most of the ballads at least in the moment i agree about it not being memorable but for the first half at least i got a little bored in the second half but for the first half i was like okay yeah this is nice i'm vibing she's got a a a, a good if slight voice like she it, it, it was quiet for some reason 
but that was fine. The backups were driving me nuts because they sound like they're just balking like a bird. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't like them, but I liked the singer. I thought this was, I thought this was Dece. Yeah, and also speaking of the backing vocalists, I think that they, it seemed like they were singing as if they were not backing vocalists and that they were the lead vocalist. You know what I mean? Like they were, they were kind of giving you, give, they, were, they were pushing too much, I think. Okay. That's at least what I noticed. I can see that. Yeah, I, I also commented on the seal barking of the backing vocalist <laughs> in my notes. Oh, that's better, yeah. Um, but if we're going off of, you know, I know it's just a jury vote, but the audience reaction to this one was insane from what I remember. I, I watched the playlist version, so it kind of cut out a little bit after the performance ended. But the crowd went fairly wild for her. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Also, the lighting on this was really dark and it seemed really intimate. So I feel like that could make a really good impact in a live setting, you know? Yeah. All right. Shall we move to scores? Sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think like probably top half. I don't know how high up it can get, but I do think it was better than a lot of the other songs that were here. So I do think I think it's going to be in the top half. I'm I'm definitely with Alice on this one. It was it wasn't that good, but if you just watched it in the in the show and given that there's not that many left after this, I think perhaps it's memorable enough to to get some to get some good Very interesting. Moving on to song number 16, we have Belgium's Reynard with the song Laissez prier le soleil, which means let the sun shine. Wants to go first. Can I talk about this? You absolutely can. This is an affront to music, as as anything. This activated my fight or flight response. <laughs> what? I don't. There is literally nothing redeemable about this song. It's awful. It's so bad. It's so bad. I could barely make it through this entire song he can't sing the backups can't sing it's another lazy boring ballad except in this one instead of instead of ruffles they're wearing leather suits it's just uh, I, I don't understand how anyone could hear this and enjoy it i heard this and enjoyed it <laughs> i really like this I... one I heard this and I did not particularly enjoy it. I wasn't oh I wasn't as strongly against it as Ellis is. All of the backing instrumentation felt very like Casio preset, you know? That's true. I I think the the vocals were fine. I don't think they were terrible, but they were definitely worse than some of the other ballads and given that all of the ballads kind of have to be very uh, vocal forward, this one flopped in that sense. Yeah, I think the the worst part about it was the outfit, which, which looked like it was very w- weirdly fitting. Kind of like the Iceland one, where it felt 
like it was a thin material, but it draped heavily over the person. <laughs> this was it's also like leather. Yeah, it was not a good fit. Other than that, like it was, it was. I can't say anything good about it. I also can't say anything as scathing as Ellis. I'll say. Okay, speaking of scathing, um, <laughs> I have a lot to say about this. So. I'm really surprised you guys didn't like this. This was, in terms of all of the ballads, I think this one really stood out because it was so different. Because it was a super moody song, and I thought the voices were really, I thought the voices were really good, first of all. And I think that they were interesting. Like, there was this one part where the female backing singer kind of, like, screams. Not, like, screams, but, like, you know, just, like, lets it all out. And that was, like, a really good moment. I thought the percussion sounded really good. I will agree that a lot of the instrumentation sounded like things that you could make on your, like, plastic keyboard when you were 10 but um but yeah i i really like this i liked how the jacket was reflective on the lead singer i will admit that the fabric was kind of gross in terms of like i guess thread count and <laughs> thickness or whatever <laughs> but yeah i i liked the vibe i liked the sound i thought the voices were really powerful and that this really stood out to me among all the ballads where would you place it jonathan so in all honesty i don't remember how this one placed but personally in my like in my personal ranking, I would put this probably around 10th to 7th place for me. Oh, wow. That's kind of high up there. I oh, really geez. liked it. <laughs> oh, my God. I guess this is your this song is to you as Clown is to me. So, uh, Yes. I feel like I've also had a lot of those songs already. Like I feel like Spain was also that for me. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Okay. I don't understand. I, this, this, like, this activated my gag reflex. I hated this song so much. So is this your dead last? Song? This is yeah. This is my other dead last. I th- this has got to this has got to come dead last. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> also, the singer looks like a he looks like a rugby player. Like I think he kind of looks like the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase to now squeeze a wrestling reference in two weeks in a row. But like, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look like someone who would be singing a soft ballad and i don't think he pulls off the look i'm i'm not with ellis and that it's dead last but it's definitely at the bottom um i feel like we might also disagree on that's okay i feel like we might also disagree on this next one so this is song number 17 luxembourg with the song uh which means to believe or trust by lara fabien start this one this is so i mentioned in the last episode that there are four songs that i kind of go back and forth on of them being my personal winner this is one of them i really love this one i think her voice is really beautiful and i don't really have much to say about this other than this was just really like a nice classy 80s performance there was the obligatory 80s guitar solo there was big 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 shoulder pads i liked her jacket a lot um and the lyrics were they were like kind of sweet they're just about how love is the most powerful thing and it can push you through anything which is Kind of nice, but also like I don't know, <laughs> you know. I definitely slightly, frust- like, slightly I just, a frustrating thing to hear when you're when you're kind of in the middle of a lot of conflict. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's certainly true. Uh, they didn't age very well, let's say. Yeah, for this specific time period, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, I definitely like this one more than Belgium's. There was some good uh, use of brass in the backing tracks, which oh yeah, I'm always a fan of. 
I know we mentioned this in the first half, but the the use of like quote unquote world music or world drumming was evident, not prevalent. There's another one later on that uses a lot more, but it was certainly evident in this one. And I didn't hate it, honestly. I that kind of got things going a little bit for me. I think the outfit was also. I mean, it, it's it's very thematic with all of the other outfits in the in the show tonight. But it was still fine. It didn't it didn't look gross, which is a plus. So I think this one was reasonably good, better than Belgium for sure. I mean, it's clearly better than Belgium. Uh, <laughs> the singer on this one can actually. I like she she has a good voice. She can sing really nicely. But at this point, I just didn't care. Like, I, what, I, what is supposed to motivate me to enjoy, to care about the third ballad in a row and 10 millionth ballad on the night? Like, it's nice and it's good. It doesn't stick out that much aside from the fun gated reverb drums. But, like, I just don't care. Yeah, I can see all that. Also, another thing that's notable to bring up is that um, I feel like out of everyone that was here, Celine Dion was the big name that came out of this. But apparently, um. Lara Fabian was like also kind of a big deal in the French speaking world, at least. She's like currently a judge on, I think, The Voice of France. And just in general, she had a a lot of success, I think, mostly in Europe. I think that's deserved. I think she's a she's a good artist. This did not perhaps highlight her as well as it could have. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I think that it allowed for some good vocal moments. But I think the song itself, it could have showcased her in a better way. Totally. Yeah. Curious to see how you think this one did. Um, I would like I would honestly put this one pretty highly. The the people who are ranking this are gonna be less ballad averse than myself, clearly, as that's probably why so many have been submitted. And I think she sang this really well, so I think it's gonna do really well. I think uh, just given the other ones that are better than it, I believe earlier in the show, this one's not gonna have the space to be in the top half, even if it perhaps should be in the top half. So I think it's going to be like right below middle. Gotcha. All right. Time for the next song? Sure. Okay. This is song number 18, which is Italy's Luca Bavaroso, the song Ti Scrivo, which means I'm writing to you. I'll start on this one. Instrumentally, it was more captivating than all of the ballads so far. Yep. You got some, you know, ripping guitar. You've got the the classic expected algorithmic, or not, I guess, formulaic 80s uh, guitar solo. But the vocals were so weirdly more. I think I think they were more suited towards a ballad than the instrumentation that was provided in the song, which I don't think is a bad thing. But it brought down the energy of the whole song in a big way. I will say though, like to to the song's credit, we have first the instrumentation and secondly the outfits. These were the best tailored suits of the entire night, <laughs> for sure. Leave it to the Italians. Exactly. For sure. You know, th- that's that's credit in and of itself. They should win some award for best dress. <laughs> but the, there were these two vocalists at one point. I think, like he kind of the second vocalist joined later on, and it was still it was still weird. It still never picked up. 
at least the vocals never picked up in the way that I was expecting them to, given the energy of the instrumentation. So because of that kind of clash, I think this made the song worse than it could have been. I think if they had a better uh, lead singer, or at least a more energetic one, this could have really like shown brightly, especially compared to the content, uh, compared to the competition. Yeah, I, I mostly agree with that. I mean, my big takeaway was that it was, I think it was really trying to be this big like rock power ballad kind of akin to like, like Phil Collins or the police maybe, but it just, police is just a good didn't, shout. the what? Police is a good shout. Good shout? Oh, never mind. <laughs> That's the second Wait. time in two days that I've had to recant a good shout. What do you mean? Like, oh, yeah. mean like reference? Yeah, good shout. Good. Oh, okay, cool. Got, sorry, shout. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but just in general, I think that it didn't really deliver. I think his vocals were a big part of that. Also, just the pacing was kind of weird, I remember. the It, it built up to this chorus, and I think the chorus was kind of overwhel- un- underwhelming for me. And And yeah, that's kind of all I have to say. It was a really ambitious song that I don't think ultimately uh, lived up to its full potential, but at the same time, it's definitely not one of the worst of the night. Yeah. I wrote down, I'll take a guitar ballad over piano ballad at this point just to keep me awake. I think this one was massively benefited by its placing. If you had had like this next to Clown next to, I don't know, someone else's upbeat one, then I don't think it would have performed as, like, I, I don't think it would stand out as well, but where it was, it was like, oh, Yay, I can get into this. It's like it's not a great rock song by any means, but it's at least a rock song and it's got a fun guitar solo and it's got a weird harpsichord and it's just like it's it's exactly where it needs to be in the show. So, so things will do well, poorly, middle of the road. I think middle of the road just because at the very least it was memorable, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't exceptional. Although that does seem to be a trend for a lot of the songs. Yeah. <laughs> good, but that's... not great. But unlike the ones that are good, but not great, I believe it was Norway's, which we all forgot. This one, you know, it at least stuck around in my mind. Yeah, no, I, I can get on board with that. I do think it'll be around around the middle, maybe skewing a little bit further than would expect in either direction, honestly. But yeah. Alrighty, so we have three songs left, and we are moving to song number 19, which is Francis Gérard Le Normand with the song Chanteur de Charme, which means crooner. This might be like second place to Italy with the best suit. If I remember correctly, I think it was nice. Um, I don't really remember. Just kind of a theme for the song. Um, I think it's pretty unremarkable. And it's kind of the last like straight up ballad of the night. And I think we're kind of tired of them at this point. Big mullet, which I'm here for. Not really the last mullet of the night. We'll get to it. I don't know, just pretty unremarkable. The lyrics are kind of funny. They're just about like cliche love songs are kind of stupid, but people find comfort in them and they're ultimately kind of fun even though they're not very good even though that's kind of lack of self-awareness that's kind of what his song is but anyway yeah that's what i thought what about you guys this was peak i don't care for me i just didn't i (laughs) didn't care i was just like oh look at this dude he's french he's wearing a cummerbund good for him (laughs) next i i quite actually 
I like this song. I didn't I didn't love it for sure, but it felt at least the vocals felt very like rousing and momentous. Yeah, this one had some life. Which were a lot of the other ballads failed to achieve that. Yeah, I think I thought that like the vocals were kind of imperfect too, but in a way that made that kind of brought more attention to them. You know, his voice wasn't the greatest, most controlled, most perfect voice of the night. Celine Dion. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it kind of added some flavor to an otherwise dry ballad, like we've all been saying. Also, this one was another one that I commented on the amount of, like, quote-unquote world music inspiration. It had some, some kind of world drumming, you know, uh, in the background, mm-hmm. which I thought was, uh, okay. So I wouldn't say that this was as as bad. Like, out of all of the ballads, this was not just another ballad it was slightly better than that all right how do you think that those considerations will play into the scores don't care (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i'm kind of even though i like this song i'm kind of with ellis on this one like it could have placed anywhere just given how uh homogenous the the field is as far as competition goes yeah definitely i yeah (laughs) yeah no it's time to move on so Number 20 is a Portugal song, which is uh, Voltare, which means come back by the artist Dora. So, to, sorry for starting two times in a row, but can I please start on this one? Yeah. I think that I feel the same way about this song that Ellis felt about uh, Belgium. Oh. This song, I, this doesn't even seem like a real song, but I, I just, it is so strange. Okay, so first of all, in terms of um, the presentation, like the visuals, she looks really strange. The way her hair is styled is so confusing because she has this weird thin fake ponytail that's like draped over the front of her like dress and it's attached with these three large orange scrunchies and it's kind of like mullet-esque because the front is like very short and also like full and thick but then there's like this weird thin gross ponytail i don't know and then and then um she's wearing these long black gloves that clash a lot with her orange dress also her dress is like orange and pink which i think is weird and the chorus is really repetitive. It's just her saying Voltare like over and over again. I think it's memorable in terms of the melody. I think it's kind of an exciting, dramatic song, but um, it's just so weird in the song itself, even though it is kind of a standout and notable. It's really strange. Oh, but also um, one thing that I did appreciate was that um, there were a few people of color in her backing ensemble, which I think is like the only second time on this, like on like night as a whole that non-white people have been featured so that was kind of cool i guess although they but, were um, set so far to the back of the stage i didn't even notice yeah i yeah they weren't uh, front and center by any means but um yeah those are my thoughts but i'm curious to see what you guys think okay ellis i'll go first because you may have the more you may be more to the extremes on this one i thought it was fun i thought i think it was weird for sure but this was the <laughs> only one uh to blend like pop and ballad in 
anywhere as anywhere as close as Switzerland did. Yeah, I think like she was able to kind of bring the energy up just with her vocals and it it matched Switzerland's somewhat. It was definitely not as well done as Switzerland's entry, but I would say that they fit in the, like the same the same genre of that kind of blending. I also I liked her dress. I it was reminiscent of a like a creamsicle or an orange Julius. <laughs> in its color. It's very orange Julius. <laughs> Um, I didn't like the gloves, though. Those were a stark contrast, dark black, not worthwhile. The construction of the dress, too, though, is also pretty, I wouldn't say good or bad, just weird. I commented saying that it looked like a mummy wearing taffeta. It was like a, a whole bunch of wraps of some fabric in a wild, wild way. But yeah, I think that the, the energy of this one was welcome, especially given that we've been experiencing a lot of... Uh, not just ballad burnout, but Eurovision burnout in general um, from the rest of the performances of the night. So I think it's a, like, it's, it's a good song to ramp up to the end of the contest with. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty much with you on this one. I thought it was fun. Uh, it sounds good to me like the act one finale of an off-Broadway musical. It, it, it's got this sort of like it's climactic, but it's not necessarily climactic within itself. And so it seems like the sort of thing that would be that that would fit that role well. I don't think it's great by any means, but like sure, yeah. I'll go I'll I'll go with this one. Why not? All right, how do you think this one did? Probably dead middle. Honestly, yeah. I wrote down up there by default, I think. So I could definitely see it getting pushed higher than that just cuz by just by virtue of being better than other songs. But yeah. So that concludes our thoughts on Portugal. We are now moving to the last song of the night, which is song 21, Yugoslavia's Silver Wings, wearing the song Mangup, which means rascal. you want to start <laughs> yes this was great this is what we needed we needed more of this a bunch of a, a bunch of people having fun from a country that doesn't exist anymore playing a keytar this had good costumes it was a fun song it had a keytar they like the singing wasn't necessarily the strongest but like it was a good song that had fun and sounded like it was from the 80s and it had a keytar. Ellis, you seem to really be on that keytar point. I love keytar. I'm not going to fault you for that. I think it was I think it was great. I think the this was the most quote unquote Russia of all of the entries. Like Russia's <laughs> always a little bit out there with a more like industrial sound. This was definitely I don't know if that's an Eastern European thing maybe, but this was at like Comparing it to, to modern Eurovision uh, song contests, I, I would say Russia and Yugoslavia would go hand in hand. That's not a political statement, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just as far as the songs go. Ellis briefly touched on the costuming. The lead singer was wearing uh, like a tight, tight pencil skirt 
and the biggest shoulders you've ever seen in a jacket. They were incredible. So good. Her vocal, she sounded like she was having fun. Like I mentioned earlier that there was one performer that sounded like he was me singing in the shower. She sounded <laughs> like she was singing in the shower, but she's like reasonably good at it too. Like she was having yeah. a good time. She was yeah. not perfect, but engaging still. I will say though, my, my one main critique of it was that the instrumentation was a little bit on the slower side of things, on the like choppier side of things. So it felt like a weird way to end the show. But oh my God, not a ballad. So that's a plus. Overall, you know, great performance, like fun lead singer, fun backing artists. It was just fun to watch. Yeah, no, I have to echo all of that. It was just, it was so fun. And it was, it was such a good, it was just, it was such a good note to end on, you know, because I mean, I think it would have made more sense if this was kind of a song that broke up some of the ballads in our like, what, like 10 song stretch of ballads. But yeah, this was great. I have the same opinion about everything that you guys said. Um, the drummer was standing up, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Um, a small minor thing that I noticed. Yeah, this one's great. Um, and also, in terms of the instrumentation, I did agree that it was kind of awkward. And if you listen to the studio version, I found it on Spotify. It's a lot more kind of 80s synthy, and I think that they were trying to make it more fit with the orchestra at Eurovision. So I think that might be kind of why. But other than that, extremely minor detail. This was a really great performance for me. This is one of my winners of the entire year. Yeah, I can get with that. Like my for ranking for me, I think personally this is got to be second or third i don't know if it's going to perform that well but i would love to see this top five i'm with ellis i think it i think it deserves to be top five i think it could reasonably top be top seven Alrighty. so that concludes our thoughts on all of the songs of the eurovision song contest 1988 yeah it seems that all is that is left to do is to go over the results. Are you guys ready? I'm excited, yeah. actually. Um, yeah, so for those of you who are not on the visual medium, because the visual medium does not exist, um, I made kind of like this PowerPoint slide of all the results, and I'll be revealing them one to one, one by one to Millen and Ellis. And just to uh, recap, Ellis, you thought Belgium would be dead last? I did. If I remember correctly. And um, If there's any justice Millen, in the what, world. <laughs> We'll see if there is. Millen, what did you think? I, I don't think I put anything as specifically dead last. But if I had to, maybe Austria. Maybe. All right, are you ready to find out who actually was dead last? Come on. Come on. There's no way it's going to be Belgium. It's got to be Belgium. Austria. Oh, wait, okay. zero points? With zero points. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, I'm okay with it's that. funny that we've gotten... Yeah, it's funny that we've gotten two years in a row that have had someone with zero points. That normally doesn't really happen. Two years in a row with zero points that were started by Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever Iceland starts, know. someone gets zero points. That's the... <laughs> yeah. And is Turkey <laughs> going to win? Hmm? <laughs> I mean, we'll find out. I'm okay with Austin right. getting last, honestly. They were the other one I had down for dead last, so at least I was half right. All right. Yeah, that's true. Because coming in at 20th place, we have... Finland. With three points. Whoa. I don't even remember which one that was. Tambourine yeah, guy. the tambourine person, yeah. Oh, okay, sure. Um, they didn't deserve that, but... Yeah, I agree. That was kind of harsh. That's, um, that's very low. Already in 18th place, because there was a tie for 18th, we have first... Portugal. Five points. 
Really? I was I way off on that then. <laughs> and also in 18th place, we had Belgium. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> At least it's low. Yeah, so you can, yeah, you can stop worrying about that. Yeah. Okay, so coming in with seven points at number 17, we have... Greece. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's where that deserved. <laughs> I would agree, if not lower. <laughs> um, so after Greece, we have um, the song in the 16th place, which was... Iceland. 20 points. Aww. I'm okay with that. I, uh, I guess I'll just... No, that's fine. That's fine by me. I think they could do to bump up a couple spots, but like, yeah, sure. maybe like one or two. Su- yeah, yeah. I was surprised this didn't do better, whether or not it deserves to, just because I think it was pretty memorable. That's true. Yeah, a good way to start yeah. the show, even though we said it was a weird way to start the show originally. <laughs> yeah, considering all these other options. Yeah, not the worst. All right, so in fifteenth place, we have what Ellis last time called the Lou Memorial. Song that Ellis overrates, Turkey, <laughs> with 37 points. Oh, they, oh, that was a good song. That it was, was not a great song. It was, oh, it was not great, but I liked that it. It was good. That was, so you know how earlier I was like, oh, yeah, personally, I think Yugoslavia is probably going to get second or third. That was the other one in that pairing. I really liked that one. <laughs> well, it has not, I haven't gotten to Yugoslavia yet, so you can, There's at least I've hope. got. Yeah, at least I've I yeah. successfully predicted that I would overrate it. <laughs> <laughs> at least there's that. All right, so um, coming in at 14th, we have Germany with 48 points. Okay. Yeah, I don't really... I barely remember the song, to be honest. Um, next, we have tie for 12th place. So first song that got 12th was... Italy. How often, yeah. do, how often do ties happen? Not super often. Happened to be yeah, more than one tie this year, which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that's fine with me. That feels about right. Yeah, I'm not really mad at it. Personally, I would have put it lower, but I mean, I get it. Right, next, uh, I would have swapped Italy had, and Portugal. Yeah, and, but Sweden was also um, in 12th place. Oh, we like that. I mean, Ellis didn't like that, but Jonathan and I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, that was like top 10 for me for sure. Our last non-top 10 song, placing in 11th place, we had Spain. 58 points. I'm forgetting what Spain was. Oh, it was the Made in Spain one. Made in Spain. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, that I I I'm I'm very okay with that placement. <laughs> yes, already. And uh we're uh getting into the top 10 now, so for the viewers at home to remind them, in no particular order, we have left Yugoslavia, Luxembourg, Norway, Israel, France, Netherlands, UK, Denmark, Ireland and Switzerland. Did I already did I say Ireland twice? No. no. I'm kind of surprised that Ireland and the UK made it this high. Yeah, I did not like the UK. Yeah, yeah well, I think I think also um, we talked about the chart um, of this year. We, there was a lot of English songs, and since Ireland and the UK were the only two that were allowed to perform in English, it, it's kind of notorious that they did disproportionately well because they like were only, they were allowed to sing in English, and that's kind of what general music trends were back then. Should have made Ireland perform in Celtic. Yeah. That would have been a bold move. I think they've done that before. <laughs> Maybe not. I know France has performed in, like, Breton before. Oh, neat. It was fun. Just like a, like a Gaelic Celtic language, I think. Um, but yeah, so anyway, coming in in 10th place, we have... France. With 64 points. Okay. I... Yeah, not really surprised, but also I would have put it much lower. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like we were saying earlier, this one had no impact on 
fun place. Then. Yeah. All right. So in uh, ninth place, we had the Netherlands with 70 points. Criminally underrated, in my opinion. Wow. This was fun. Yeah. This was real fun. I liked it a lot. I should have been higher than Ireland for certain because it was just better. And the UK and, and Norway. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Norway. Well, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. So in eighth place, we have Ireland, 79 points. Okay. There it goes. I'm f- I'm fine. Yeah. With that. yeah. Yeah. Just barely over. I should... Yeah, no, I actually did like this one, so I'm not super mad at that. Right. So in number six spot, we have number seven is Israel. <laughs> I panicked for a second <laughs> with 85 points. Huh. Yeah. Like, I'm honestly sure. I would have put it maybe at around fifth or fourth, but but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm happy with that. I think it deserved like maybe swap Israel, swap Ireland and oh, frick, uh, Netherlands, swap Ireland and Netherlands. And then swap Netherlands and Israel. <laughs> I'm honestly, for me, swap Israel with wherever the UK ends up, and I'm I'm vibing with that. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So now we actually go to sixth place, which is Yugoslavia with 87 points. Oh. No! At least it was top six. Yeah. At least it was. Top yeah, six. I'm actually. I'm really surprised that this one didn't win, just because it went last, and it was one of the few upbeat songs, and that like. No, so then that's like enough to win the entire thing, even though the song might not be the best, best song, you know? Yeah, but like, given that it's jury voting, I think is the main, main factor there. Yeah, that that's true. I guess I'm just like thinking about other contests in the 80s that kind of had songs that were objectively subpar, but like stood out just because of their place in the running order, kind of yeah. them being different to the other songs. It was definitely better than multiple of the ones that remain in, so... Yeah, no, I would agree with that for sure. I'm still telling you, no one's going to beat Switzerland. We'll see. So speaking of that, we have the top five. And uh, in the top five is, in no particular order, United Kingdom, Switzerland, Denmark, Norway, Luxembourg. So in fifth place, we had Norway with 88 points. I mean, it overperformed, but like, sure, why not? Was it again yeah, also, better than the UK's, but so it goes. <laughs> I'm really, I'm shocked that the UK is still in the running. They, yeah. they simply don't deserve to be with this song. It's I, no, it's no like Cry Baby from 2003, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely not, but it's still not great. And I did like this one, but I, I will agree that this had no place in the top four. But yeah, also, interesting to note, Yugoslavia, only one point less than Norway. I was almost there. Anyway, so in fourth place, we had Luxembourg with 90 points. You're telling me the UK's in the top three? Sure is, baby. That's absurd. No. Yeah, so um, also it's interesting to note that the 654 was only separated by three points. Jeez. If Yugoslavia got as much as four points more, it would have been top four. So out of the top three that remain, which is Switzerland, UK, Denmark, what do you think the, the shakeout's going to be? Um, I mean, I hope it's Switzerland one, Denmark two, UK three. I completely agree with Ellis. Yes. Yeah, okay. UK was UK well, doesn't it, deserve to be in the top three at all. Denmark was fine. <laughs> I don't think it deserves second place, but eh, sure, of the three options left. And Switzerland was rocking, has to win. Denmark had the best uh, show, and Switzerland had the best song, so like I think they make sense. The UK had a lad. <laughs> yep. A massive face. <laughs> yeah. It's a massive Scottish lad. <laughs> See if that's true. In the third spot, we had Denmark with 92 points. What? 
No. No. That's also a pretty big jump up as far as point count goes. It was just two points. Oh, wow. I totally thought you were in the 70s for some reason. No, Luxembourg, uh, which was fourth, was 90. I swear to God, if Sean Connery beats Celine Dion. You guys ready to find out? I, 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 yeah. Tentatively. Okay, so in second place, we had the UK with 136 yeah. points. 136? <laughs> yes. That's absurd. That does not deserve to be there. No way. Yeah, oh well, my... it was. At least think, it wasn't first. I don't think that's what, that's something, I do not think that's something we're celebrating. I'll just say it right now. <laughs> if there's a jump of almost 40 points, 36 points. From, from third to second place, that is not, and you know, and that goes to UK of all people, not a good time. And like the thing about, the thing about that is that, even within the realm of it gets a boost from being in English, Ireland still had a better song than they did. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. So, we now know that Switzerland is the winner, like you guys predicted, but how much of a point margin do you think was between the UK's 136 and Switzerland's amount? 87. 87 or 87 points? I think it's an 87-point difference. Interesting. What about you, Melon? What's the max that it could get? Like, what is the max margin possible? 21. 12 times 21. Oh, okay, never mind. That's quite significant. I, ooh, I don't know. 103. I just did the math. Yeah, I just did the math. It's 252, yeah. So Switzerland came in first place with 137. Oh! Oh, no. No! If the UK got as much as one point more... It would have tied, and two points more, it would have won. What the fuck? That's not okay. So Celine Dion almost lost Eurovision. Celine Dion crushed that way, way more than whatever Tommy Korg or whatever, something. No, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. He was not good. That's not okay. It was Scott Fitzgerald, I just remember. This this is really weird, and also I think it's, um, speaking of similarities to 2003, this is another year where the, 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 like, top two was so close and that normally doesn't happen what was the what was the point difference in 2003 for the top two i think between one and two it was two points between two and three it was one point that's crazy yeah i can understand the very very narrow margins from like in the rest of the top 10 because a lot of the songs were just so interchangeable but there is no way in any universe that Nonsense Scott Fitzgerald with his massive face and his subpar vocals should even be on the same playing field as Celine Dion repping for Switzerland. It's it's absurd That's, to me. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's just who thought who who did this? Oh. Who did this? One fun thing that we could do is look at um the voting breakdown. Like what points went like who gave what points to who? Yeah, I'm interested. Okay, let's let's get into that. I want to know if there's any politics happening. There might be. UK they got their 12 points from Turkey, Belgium, and Italy, which is interesting because I thought that Ireland would have given them a lot of points. But they gave them seven, which I would have expected more. Bel- oh, Belgium only got points from one country, which was France. Neighbor voting, maybe you could say. Yeah, that makes me feel better about them not being last, is that they got neighbor voted out of the zero. A lot of tens for the UK. A lot of tens for Switzerland. Also, they had four. 
And then Finland only got one country to vote for it, Israel. <laughs> Poor Finland. Just kind of Yeah, they deserved better for sure. They were, even though I feel like a lot of the middle I guess we we've been saying that a lot of the middle is interchangeable, but I think there should have been some more nuance there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Wow, France and Yugoslavia both gave zero points to the UK. Yeah, good for them. And then Austria and Denmark both give zero to Switzerland. Is that like anti-neighbor voting? Oh, interesting. I don't know. Neutral bastard. Denmark's not a neighbor, though. No, but kind of close. I I guess Denmark isn't really. Austria's definitely a neighbor. That's kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah. Oh, wait, and the Netherlands didn't vote for the UK. Interesting. Wow. How, what's more in, more interesting than who voted is who didn't vote and why. <laughs> oh, Yugoslavia gave 12 points to France. Wow, good for them, I guess. Um, that was... <laughs> that seems like a, a wild oh. time. Oh, yeah. Oh, and also, um, Will, and you mentioned that um, the UK, Yugoslavia didn't give the UK any points. Yugoslavia was last to send in their votes that night. So I think oh. that people were expecting that they would have given the 12 to the UK, but they didn't give them any points at all. Oh. So if you find... had given the UK anything, they would have freaking beat Switzerland. That's absurd. I think, I think the outcome of this one would have been uh, severely influenced by televoting. Yeah, because going into um, last vote, the UK was winning by five points. Oh, man. <laughs> Which is wild. They only gave six points to Switzerland, which made it like a one-point margin. That's crazy. I think Yugoslavia saw the opportunity and just had some fun with it. You know, <laughs> they just lived for the drama. Yeah. <laughs> right, so I think that just about does it for reflections on Eurovision '88. What do you guys think? I think this was a wild year. I unfortunately will not be uh here for the next episode i will be on a in a car for all of the time that you'll be recording um but jonathan i believe you said that the next year is 98 right that's right we we um yeah we pre-selected or randomly chose the year 1998 i'm really excited for that one i think that one i'm definitely gonna have fun listening to that one that one actually is fun because like when you think of like 90s fun like that would that that is what this is like i think that there's a bit of an unrealistic, not unrealistic, but like a disappointing expectation for this contest that it didn't really fully fulfill. But the 90s contests are really fun, usually. Yeah, I'm hoping this one, th- this one's got to be more lively, which I am very excited for because I need more liveliness in my Eurovision. But yeah, we'll have um, between the 98 contest next week, and we will be having a special guest to take Nolan's place. Ooh. Yeah, thanks so, so much for listening. Um, you can expect our uh, first part of the 98 contest to come out next Wednesday. Um, you can support our Patreon at patreon.com slash vocabgumbo. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Okay, awesome. And like we said in our last episode, we will be giving the proceeds from our first two months of Patreon to a Black Lives Matter organization, and those donations will be matched by all four members of the Vocab Gumbo team. And that's it. Thanks for watching. Thank you. <laughs> Woo! Your vision. See you next time. <laughs>